In 2017, Berlin artist Simon Weckert was on his way to a Labor Day march when Google Maps warned him of an enormous traffic jam in his way. When he reached the spot, the street was devoid of cars, but full of pedestrians marching. Weckert realized the app had based its assumption on how many smartphones it could detect on the street. Soon after, Weckert borrowed 99 phones and wheeled them through the city in a handcart. Within the hour, the effects were visible. Google Maps showed a number of jams in Berlin, and that's how the Google Maps hack project was born. An entertaining but also thought-provoking piece of performance art that raises some interesting questions about our faith and the algorithms that determine how we move through space. Orange presents the memo. Hi, Chloe. Hello, Joe. So yes, this example is a great illustration for some of the stakes we'll be discussing today: how digital tech is changing our relationship to cities. Can the surge in mobility apps really make traffic more intelligent? What is mobility as a service, and how are these tools redesigning the way we travel? But to start off with, Chloe, what is a mobility app? Waze, City Mapper, Google Maps, Apple Plan, Mappy, not to mention Uber and Captain. There are many of them, and they don't all provide the same services. Uber, for instance, mostly offers vehicles for hire. A chauffeured ride, but also an electric bike or scooter. An app like City Mapper will help a user plan their itinerary according to their means of transport: a car, a bike, a bus, but also a ride with Uber. And finally, an Uber driver is likely to use Waze to figure out the fastest way to get you to your destination. See what I mean? Sometimes I wonder whether we need an app just to help us understand how other apps work. But yes, I see. Each app has its use. Sometimes these uses overlap, and sometimes they're complementary. So let's start with planning our drive with Waze. Waze is an app now owned by Google, which promises to inform users about the state of traffic ahead based on information sourced from other users in real time. An accident, patrolling police cars, construction work—whoever reports incidents on their route wins points. At the beginning of the year, Waze had more than 14 million active users. This, according to Thomas Guigard, head of the app in France, in an interview with Forbes. Given the wealth of data on all these itineraries, the app can make highly accurate predictions about the state of traffic at any given moment. The ultimate goal being getting each driver to their destination as fast as possible. Does this mean those mile-long traffic jams at the start of school vacations will be a thing of the past? If only it were that simple. In an article for the U.S. engineering magazine IEEE Spectrum, Jane McFarlane explains that apps like Waze won't necessarily consider all the characteristics of the path they choose. For example, does it include roads on which there are a lot of pedestrians? Does it pass by an elementary school, which poses a potential for morning and evening traffic jams? Does it include intersections that are difficult to cross? The shortest route may not be the one with the least vehicles and best roads. And the road may not even be a real road. I mean, we've all been in a situation where we're driving along, following an app's directions, and suddenly find ourselves on a rural path, idling behind several other cars. Under the locals' watchful gaze, 
And it doesn't have to be a country road to be problematic. Let's take the example of Lyusant, a small town near Paris. The rise of driving apps is the bane of this town's existence. Lyusant has the good fortune of being located beside the major highway that runs around the greater suburbs of Paris. If this highway is crowded, and let's be honest, that happens a lot, Waze will automatically prompt its users to reroute and take a shortcut through the town. Which means more air pollution and noise pollution, not to mention crowded roads for buses and locals. Indeed, and it reveals a paradox. An app designed to maximize utility for each individual user can have negative consequences for the community as a whole. A faster route may mean lines of cars passing through places not meant for high traffic, endangering other people like pedestrians or children playing outside in a supposedly residential neighborhood. What can be done? In response, the mayor decided to install six traffic lights along the route. He explained to the daily paper Le Parisien that artificially slowing down this route means the app should simply no longer offer it as an alternative to its users. According to the mayor, the goal is simple. We have to make it clear that cutting through Le Saint does not make the trip any shorter. Looks like they used the same trick as Verkert, the Berlin artist, and generated new data. So it's possible to change the way apps behave by being a little creative. But Chloe, the data collected on our smartphones could undoubtedly be a goldmine for public powers in charge of the city and its development. Absolutely. Urban planners and traffic engineers have understood that this data could, among many other things, potentially help them optimize distances for inhabitants. According to the business magazine Fast Company, the point is for city planners to know where to install new services in order to reduce distances. So this is particularly crucial in the United States, where cities are spread out and often difficult to navigate without a car. So the data could be used to improve the lives of the city dwellers by reducing pollution, for instance. Certainly, this data could go a long way if used to promote public interests. Which makes these apps so powerful that they are gradually taking the place of experts who used to manage road traffic. There's a rising tension between the public sector and private actors like Waze or Google Maps. Exactly. The problem is that these actors don't always work together. As McFarlane notes in her article, city engineers are working in isolation with incomplete information because they have no idea what the apps are going to do at any moment. The city now loses its understanding of the amount of traffic demanding access to its roads. I imagine that can lead to serious consequences for traffic. Yes, and the issue tends to get worse. Some of the new routes are putting a strain on roads that weren't built to handle so many cars. I quote, the apps are typically optimized to keep an individual driver's travel time as short as possible. They don't care whether the residential streets can absorb the traffic, writes McFarlane. What we're seeing is a conflict between the interests of individual drivers seeking to slice off precious minutes from their drive and the public infrastructure that must manage a vast network of roads. And Waze and Google Maps are not alone in having had a big impact on road traffic in recent years. That's right. Their cousins in the mobility app industry have also been making waves, namely Uber and Lyft. According to an article in The Verge, these apps were originally pitched as having, quote, the potential to make cities better by reducing traffic. 
but a study commissioned by both companies shows that in a city like Boston, they were responsible for an 8% increase in traffic. In San Francisco, that slice is at 13.4%. And mass, or mobility as a service, is considered to be one of the most promising opportunities for our city's future. Yes, take a city like Paris, for instance. We've never had so many options for getting around. You can take your pick between the metro, the bus, a scooter, a city bike, a conventional cab, an Uber, etc. That's why a third type of app is expected on the market. Like City Mapper or Google Maps, it will list all the possible options to get from point A to point B. But as the business paper Lizico notes, these existing solutions can compare travel times for you, but can't be used to make a payment. So, is there an app that will plan your itinerary, means of transport, and process your payment in advance? Yes, that would be the Finnish startup Wim. This application alone sums up the concept of MAAS. According to Lizico, one click is all it takes to call a cab or buy a bus ticket, displayed instantly. But mobility as a service raises an important final question still according to this article. Who should operate this type of service? A startup like Wim, a global giant like Uber, an operator, or a local transport authority? That's the crucial question. And while the jury's out on that, planners will of course have to be careful about data breaches. Yes, I read in Wired that two Dutch researchers were able to hack the red lights of a dozen cities in the Netherlands thanks to a simple line of code. In some towns, cyclists can activate an app when they approach a traffic light so that it turns green. This automatically blocks the other traffic lights at the intersection. By injecting erroneous data, the researchers wanted to alert the public. Here I quote from Wired, Now that we're talking about building these intelligent transport systems, we need to be damn sure to think more about security. Turns out the artist we mentioned at the beginning of this episode wasn't so far from these researchers. Thank you very much, Chloe, and thank you to our listeners. If you liked what you heard, feel free to share or leave us a comment on your podcast app of choice. See you in a few weeks for another episode of The Memo. You are listening to The Memo, an orange podcast.